Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the NFL Scotland podcast. It's down to the big one. The champions of the AFC and the NFC collide at Super Bowl 54. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. And only one of us during this podcast will be jet lagged. And I'll give you a clue. It's not going to be me. (laughs) I'm going to gather my thoughts or at least what I can as we look forward to the San Francisco 49ers coming head to head with the Kansas City Chiefs making their first Super Bowl appearance since the 60s. And we'll try not to talk a lot of balls. However, it is worth noting that each team in the Super Bowl gets 108 balls each. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I thought I'd surprise you with something really strange to start with. And I, I love that. I found this week you get 108 balls, 54 are for practice and 54 are for the actual game. Wow. There's some additional ones are kicker footballs that are used for the, the kickoffs and things like that. But there you go. I just thought I'd give you something really weird to start with because this course camera is the week where the players have to go through absolutely so much, all the media hype, all the attention, and you do wonder how on earth do they find time to practice, prepare, and relax? It is a circus, but it's a positive circus. I think it's brilliant that you get so much access to this. Now, we're doing this, you know, the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, Part of the reason for that you alluded to at the top is I've been in New York for the last week or so. Uh, We tried to make things line up, but I was working hard over there, so couldn't quite get the timelines to, to, to fit nicely. So we're doing this the day before. But to be honest, you know, you turn on the TV in New York at any point and there is talk of the Super Bowl. I think the only thing, and we'll touch on it very briefly, is obviously the very sad news about Kobe Bryant and everyone else that was on that helicopter. Um, you know, an absolute loss of a legend to the game. The The fact that it was the day after LeBron had beaten his uh, all-time scoring record in his hometown of Philadelphia, there was a lot of weird circumstance behind that. That dominated the news over there. But NFL Network and what have you are pretty much wall-to-wall Super Bowl coverage. And there is just so much to pick apart. And they start to get down into the, the detail. I'm surprised that 108 balls didn't come up in the in the coverage that I watched because some of the other stuff was just like, how is this relevant? Um, all the celebs are out as well. You know, I've seen Ric Flair uh, of WWF fame, who's a big 49ers fan. He's been interviewed repeatedly and things like that. So it's, it's wall-to-wall coverage. There's... I would like to think there's no such thing as too much coverage, but I guess we maybe push it a little bit with the Super Bowl week. I mean, it is. It's incredible how it all just takes off. And actually, what tends to then get overlooked is the actual game and the fact that these are the two best teams. They thoroughly deserve to be there. I mean, Kansas City appearing in the first Super Bowl 50 years, third appearance ever. 49ers, as you know, seventh trip to the big game, but first time in seven years. It's a fascinating matchup. Andy Reid's never won a Super Bowl. He's coached with Philadelphia. Kyle Shannon is looking to try and rehabilitate himself after the 28-3 Atlanta Falcons gig. So there's so many great storylines. And of course, given the fact that there's so many players, there's so many stories to be found. And I actually like the stories from the the players that we don't really hear too much about, the journalists who go and speak to them and try and find out something that's just that little bit different. Yeah, and they do. They've got so much time with them. (laughs) To be fair, the journalists are challenged to try and come up with something a little bit different because if you just ask 53 players the same question, you're going to get very similar answers. Uh, the, the, The one that 
it sort of stuck out to me that I thought was fascinating was George Kittle's talking about how hard they hit, whether it be on offense or defense. You know, there's a lot of players in that 49ers defense. They've been uh, impressive, um, you know, second-ranked defense over the whole season, I think. And partly that is because they, they're hitting hard. Quan Alexander, D Ford, uh, Nick Bosa, all of these guys, um, they hit you and they leave a mark when they hit that hard. So one of the things that the Chiefs are going to do is going to have to play fast all the time to try and stop the defenders having that opportunity to hit. But what Kittle was talking about was the fact that even on offense, you know, all the guys are lined up to hit. Now, he himself is a great example. And I, I think that when you come down to the teams and you're comparing them, the one position where it feels they're almost uniquely balanced is the tight end position. I think with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, you've got a tight end that can block and you've got a tight end that can absolutely be a threat all the way down the field. And that's a really fascinating matchup between those two. Obviously, they're not in the park at the same time, but let's see who can create the best opportunities for their team with their blocking capabilities, but also who's going to be that downfield threat. Um, both have proved over the last couple of seasons that's exactly what they are. But he talked about the fact that even Mitch Wisniewski has, you know, did someone in the preseason, much like Jamie Gillen did, as we and, and we lamented that one. So um, the only person that he's not seen hit anybody is Robbie Gould. So that's a challenge set to Robbie Gould in the Super Bowl. Uh, Robbie, we want to see you hit someone. Hit somebody in a run back. That's what you've got <laughs> to do. I mean, you mentioned the tight ends. I expect both will score. I would actually be amazed, Cameron, if they didn't score. Uh, you know, such as the importance they are to the teams and how they are as part of that overall offense. I think with so many things, it comes down to your lines. And I think it will be one in the unsexy part in the trenches, as 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 it's often called, because that will determine whether, you know, if the San Francisco line can get it done to get holes for the running backs, I think that gives them an advantage. If the Kansas City D-line stop the run and force the pass, they're all saying, well, that's that's what they've got to do, stop the run so they can force the pass. I would just like to remind them, it's Jimmy Garoppolo that's under centre for San Francisco. We're not talking some clown here. This guy can throw. He's not had to in a lot of the playoff games, but if forced, he will. And you can't tell me that San Francisco haven't got in a package of, what, 15, 20, 25 plays, you know, short yardage, almost to annoy Kansas City, you know, little dinks over the top. You know, it's one of these things, if you're expecting the running, you're just getting dinked on play action, and that can start to soften you up, and then you can return back to the run. So I think it's really fascinating how these coaches are going to game plan this. It is. And like you say, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a terrible quarterback. He's not had a bad season at all. I think his passer rating for the season is 102. Now, you know, his yards per game average is 248, something like that. Uh, but what what the Niners have done is they've not relied fully on that. I think that the run game has been good. Kyle Shanahan's scheme, with so much movement on the line to cause distraction, has worked really well in creating opportunities for his offensive line um, to, to make the gaps for the running backs to, to plough through. And, you know, no game better displayed that than the, the previous one against the Packers. I think that there was so much movement there that the defence didn't know what was coming. And it, re it meant that Raheem Mostert was able to have one hell of a day. Now, don't get me wrong, that's partly down to Mostert. But there's no way he's doing that if the opportunities and the gaps aren't there. He just continued to grind, grind them down. And that's something that it'll be interesting to see how Kansas City 
cope if their defense is having to spend a lot of time on the field. If Mahomes is getting down the other end quickly and scoring, if he's finding a way to get over the top of that Niners defense and expose the cornerback position, which is definitely the weak part of the team, if he's able to expose that, and that's the worry for me as a fan of the Niners, is I'm worried about that secondary. I'm worried about Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins absolutely running riot over the top. And, you know, if our defense is on the field not that often, fine, they'll be fit. But if it's going over the top, it doesn't matter. For me, the interest in Satori then comes in, what can the Niners do when they've got the ball? Can they hold on to it long enough that there's um, stuff that they can do? As we get some music in the background, there, there's an ad kicking in on one of the tabs I've got open, so I'm just going to shut that down. <laughs> See, it, it, prove, it proves that we're live. You, you go for a bit. You're excited. It's your team. You can have music if you want. My concern for the 49ers is I don't think they can play from behind. And I think because... Mahomes, I think, can afford to because he's got the arm. He can do just about anything. And the coverage this week is people are being asked, you know, you know, what's the weakness for Mahomes? How can they get to Mahomes? Well, I'm thinking, you know, you had 16 regular season games. I know he didn't play in all of them. Uh, you know, you've had the playoff games. Nobody has consistently gotten to him. There's not something that says this is the way that you necessarily beat the Chiefs. So you get that two weeks to scheme, to think, you know, you give him too long, he is going to absolutely torture you. You come with too much of a rush. In San Francisco, don't rush as often as people might think. Um, Then you're giving more space to receivers and and backs. It is, I think, the first quarter is going to be absolutely fascinating just to see what the approach is of each head coach. I totally agree with you. Now, you're talking about sacks there. Mahomes has only been sacked 17 times during the regular season to Jimmy Garoppolo's 36. Um, it's, you know, and obviously Mahomes played two less games during the season, fine. But, you know, it's an impressive season performance from him. Not quite what he had last year. If you actually look at the numbers, Jimmy Garoppolo threw 27 touchdowns during the season to Mahomes' 26. Um if you look at the total number of yards, uh, Mahomes in two less games managed to get about 50 yards more than Jimmy Garoppolo did over the season. Passer rating between the two over the season is 105.3 for Mahomes to 102 for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the, the the numbers there suggest that actually it's pretty close. The numbers suggest that we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo under more pressure than we'll see Mahomes. But actually, you flip that round because that Niners defense have, haven't come up against them. The worry for me, though, as well, is from a Niners point of view, is I'm not sure that San Francisco have played a team that is this good on offense other than the Saints. And what we managed to do in that game was, fine, we managed to outscore, but we weren't able to stop the Saints. When Drew Brees got in his groove, uh, he was able to score, and it was a, it was an absolute slinging match. If it ends up like that, I'm going to have a, and I'm going to be pacing the floor. Uh, I'm not sure that I can take it <laughs> with my jet lag. <laughs> I mean, it'll be an entertaining uh, Super Bowl if it's anything like that game. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this defense actually comes out and deals with Mahomes. He is mobile, but unlike someone like Lamar Jackson, who's mobile, uh, but you know he's likely to run, the chances are Mahomes isn't going to run. If he chooses that option, though, we know he can burn every bit as effectively as Lamar Jackson does. Sometimes it catches you more off guard because Mahomes is good enough to find anybody down the field in any position. So he really is a dual threat. 
I think with Mahomes, it's the fact that he can throw from almost anywhere. You know, they tell you, don't throw across your body. Make sure your feet are set. You know, make sure you've got clear line of sight. He doesn't need all of those things. In just his, his terms, his mechanics, the way he goes. I mean, we see him making outrageous throws. And what gets me is when you watch him going back and it might be look like he's scrambling, look at his head, look at his eyes. His eyes are downfield. You know, it's almost like he's got a sensor that he knows what's coming around him, but he's always trying to say what what's ahead of me. Where And that's why we see some of these just stunning throws from him. He can throw from just about anywhere. I think San Francisco are the more conservative of the team. They're probably more traditional team in those terms that if they get ahead, you know, their defense can be relied upon, etc. But I'm so excited about this game to the same extent I wasn't excited last year. Yes. Um, simply, and, and last year, yes, and I'm not going to mention the, the referees and the calls and all that. I just didn't think it was a great matchup last year. I think the Saints-New England would have been a tremendous matchup. This is the matchup that I think we wanted out of this. Uh, it's not up to us. We can't pick who gets through. So I never like people say, yeah, everybody's got the matchup that everybody wanted. And that's nonsense. But I quite fancy this. I think that this has got the potential to be a seriously good game. And that's what you want on Super Bowl night. It really is. It's, especially for us on this side of the pond, you need something that can keep you awake. And we helped promote the the Golf Tavern Super Bowl night last year. It was an absolute sellout. And anyone that's looking to go this year, you know, you're running out of time. I'm not sure if they've still got space. Um, I think they, I think they are planning to have some space reserved for just walk-ups, but that's going to be first come, first serve. And we're providing a quiz for them as well. So if you're in Edinburgh, do go along to the Golf Tavern. But from speaking to people that were there last year, they commented saying, oh, it was brilliant. The atmosphere was great. You know, there was a quiz before. Brilliant. The game was a complete letdown, though. And people were leaving at half time because they were like, oh, this is rubbish. It was the lowest scoring game in Super Bowl history. The first time we went three full quarters without either team scoring a touchdown. And then, obviously, there was only one touchdown in the whole game. The, The Rams just didn't. And there was not even any threat. It wasn't like they were forcing down the field and it was picks late down in the red zone or anything like that. It was just, it was just boring. It was dull. Fine. Do you know what? There's going to be people out there that are like, I thought it was brilliant, especially the Patriots fans. Anyone that loves defense, fine. Do you know what? If you just love watching defense, great. But you want a bit of spectacle to the whole thing. You do want a bit of razzmatazz. And it lacked razz and the matazz. Um, they were both on injured reserve. Um... <laughs> well, when you're when you're up at three a.m., let's be honest, you need a bit of excitement there, and that, and, and that that's what you want. Um, so we, you know, it's not. I mean, I love watching great defense as much as as the next person, and you know, it does have its place, and you love the great defensive plays. But what you don't want is one after the other, after the other, after the other, or an offense that is misfiring. I don't think we're going to get that. I, I have to say, I think this is set up to be a really good Super Bowl. We've got the Fox TV crew, Joe Buck, Troy Aitman, uh, Aaron Andrews be on one side, Chris Myers on the other. So I think it's set up well. You know, we're, we're not talking uh, Tess and Booger or anybody like that. Anybody who got to the end of the All-Star game um, genuinely deserves a medal yeah. uh, for getting through any of that. I mean, I actually stumbled across it, started to watch it, and then, you know, slapped myself. So what are you doing? You know, it's going to be a million better things to do than watch the Pro Bowl. So I went away and 
cut my toenails or something. Um, Did but you watch just... the skills, though? Well, would, let's touch on this, the Pro Bowl, right? The Pro Bowl was rubbish. I, I actually don't even know the score from the Pro Bowl. That's terrible. I've not even looked. I don't know anything that happened in that game at all. Um, but I did watch the skills. Did you see any of that? I did. I only saw so the the Twitter highlights, if you like. So I'll ask you, what did you make of it? So I thought the skills was actually it was fascinating, and it's brilliant to watch. I think it's a lot of fun. It's not anything other than fun. I thought that seeing some of the players come out, uh, Devonte Adams, for example, throwing the dude the quarterback skills and pretty much sucking the place up. But apparently, you know, he didn't even try a throw in high school, let alone college or the NFL. He's never done it. It's not what he's good at. Um, and I thought it gave an opportunity for the guys to go out and have a laugh. For me, it was it was the dodgeball that was absolutely brilliant. And Jarvis Landry, what a performance from Jarvis Landry. Boy's got skills. I tell you what, if there's a US dodgeball team, they're they're on the phone to Jarvis Landry trying to get him signed up because the performance there, just skills, absolute skills. Also, <laughs> Quentin Nelson getting smashed in the face with a ball was particularly funny. He didn't know, he didn't see it coming. I'm not even sure who threw it. Uh, he certainly didn't see. Uh, and the look on his face when it hit him in the face, very funny. Uh, so uh, I think for a laugh, and it's great to just see these guys get together uh, and and sort of enjoy playing with each other in a different way, different games. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the skills is a really good, fun thing that they do. Uh, you get to see the quarterbacks having a bit of a laugh with things as well. So, big fan of that. Pro Bowl, nah. We've discussed this before. Time to bin it. Go away. Um, a lovely honour for the players. I totally get that. There's got to be a better way to give them an honour and make them play in a pointless friendly. It just, yeah, not for me at all. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. So let, let's have a look at the Super Bowl because, you know, we've talked about it, we've looked at it, we've thrown in a few facts. Do, do you know that every player actually gets a hire car um, to use during the whole week for themselves? No, I didn't. There you go. You see, there's there's another thing that I discovered this week. Now, I'm not quite sure where they're going to go or where they're going to be allowed to go, uh, but every player gets a loan car to drive around in. So there you go. <laughs> Just another one of these yeah. stupid things. Can can we have a little go? Before, before we decide who we're going to pick, can I have a little go at a couple of things? Of course you can. Because I like to. Now, I noticed that the BBC Sport website got a bit of a kicking um, for their usual, you know, if you've never heard of the Super Bowl, this is what it's all about and type thing. Uh, now, somebody wrote a very good article, and I've just clicked away from it, talking about Vince Lombardi yeah. and what he meant to the sport. And it was titled, Is This the Best NFL Person You've Never Heard Of? And I'm thinking, it's just that typical, somebody else writes a headline and somebody else writes an article. If I'd written that article, I would not have been impressed. No. whatsoever, uh, because that got a lot of kicking. But we, we tend to think, well, the BBC try and make it a little bit simplistic and things. Now, the BBC do have a job to try and get people interested in the sport, and they do brilliantly on television. Talk sport do a brilliant job on the radio. But I came across today uh, CNN, which is not on the website I tend to go to, um, and they've got a rookie's guide to the Super Bowl. Are you ready? Because the world's biggest show is clattering into Miami, and it's full of the dumbest stuff you'll ever read. And I'm thinking, what on earth? You know, we've got things like... Why does it keep stopping? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the number one gripe of non-football fans. It's true. The game is split into a number of plays rather than a continuous clock. That's but that right. means anything can happen on any given play. A touchdown! Exclamation mark. An interception! Exclamation mark. A holding penalty! Exclamation mark. No idea what they are. Besides, billions of people worldwide love cricket, which is literally five days where nothing happens, and then it rains, so everyone calls it a draw. Yeah. This this is the kind of crap. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll call it out as that that you simply do not need. Now, it's the old story. If if you're trying to explain it to somebody, but so basically this person's risen detro to explain why it keeps stopping is to say yes it keeps stopping, but hey, at least it's not cricket because billions of people love it, but they're all stupid because nothing happens and it rains and everybody calls it a draw. <laughs> Yeah, that's not telling you anything about American that, football. That, that's that, that's just <laughs> nonsensical. Yeah, this this might be mildly annoying when you're watching it, but it could be worse. That's the weirdest pitch I've ever heard for a sport in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this is just nuts. So while I say the BBC does get a bit of a kicking from time to time, I think they genuinely try. I mean, this is CNN. That's an American site. That's just unbelievable that they should put up crap like that. Anyway, there we go. Have a little go at CNN. So, Cameron, who's going to win? Right, before we get to this, there's one thing we need to cover because I think this is contextual to the whole thing, right? The Super Bowl weather forecast that's expected for the next couple of days. And I've gone to ABC News for this one. Damaging winds expected Friday and Saturday. Sunday will be dry. So there may be winds uh, ahead of the Super Bowl, but there's definitely not going to be a breeze. Oh, very good. Oh, let, let me give you a Ted Cruz slow impeachment hand clap for that. Swipe. Anyway, sorry. I, right, I have so, to, I mean, wait, I have to give credit I, to Lauren Callahan for that one. Uh, uh, the Sunday night you said, I can't believe you didn't say there wasn't going to be a breeze. I was like, that's a belter. I'm saving that. That, that that's, yeah, I mean, I go into this not caring who wins as long as the 49ers get absolutely humped. Shots fired. Right, okay. So, but genuinely, though, there is um, damaging winds and a few tornadoes and heavy rain forecast in Miami on Friday. Damaging winds, a few tornadoes and heavy rain forecast in Saturday. Sunday is to be dry, apparently. Um, temperatures in the 60s, which I think it's cool but not cold. Uh, winds near 20 mile an hour, though. Uh, obviously, it is an open arena. So if the wind picks up, that could be interesting and could have a factor on this game. But who's winning this? You know what I'm going to say. Anyone that listens to this podcast knows exactly what I'm going to say. I think the Niners have a chance. I hope that it's a game, but I'm coming down. I'm coming down on the Chiefs anyway. I put preseason before this whole thing started. I put money on the Browns to win, and I put money on the Chiefs to win, right? Oh, well, you, you might get some back. I might get something back. So I, I jumped that Browns bandwagon like the best of them. And I thought, actually, you know, based on how Baker had done, we, there was so much hype preseason. I thought, you know, and, and we, re- we wrote everybody else off. We wrote off the Steelers. We were right about that. We wrote off the Bengals. Fine. We thought the Ravens might do all right. I'm sure Gordon picked them to win the division. Credit to he him. Did. Yeah. Um, but no, none of the rest of us did. We all saw it being the Browns. Uh, and I genuinely thought bringing in the people that they had with it, you know, how impressive Nick Chubb had been. Landry was a great wide receiver. Um, Mayfield had shown what he was capable of bringing in Beckham. I genuinely thought they would be a, an absolute contender. Got that one completely stinking wrong. But the other one that I put the money on was the Chiefs. Obviously, they, they just lost out to the Patriots a year before at home. And Mahomes, as a player, it just continued to grow. 
And I think that he is, and we, we've talked about this, he is the the player 10 years from now will be talking about how great the game is because of Patrick Mahomes. He will be the name that's held up there in regard with the Brady's, the Rogers, and the Breeze of today. We'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who those other players are going to be. Uh, right now, looking at them, and we've discussed this, this is one for the offseason perhaps to go into a bit more detail, but the likes of Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson are quality quarterbacks, but the style of play and the injuries that they've already had mean that I'm not sure that they'll still be playing in 10 years. Mahomes' style and the way that he his capabilities means he could play for 10, 15 years if, that, um, if, if he can stay injury-free. So with Mahomes, they have an absolutely brilliant future legendary quarterback that they are coming into this in high confidence that comeback win over the Texans really just showed what they're all about and it means that god forbid that somehow the 49ers find themselves 28-3 up in this game because if we you know they often say in football that 2-1 up um, is one of the most dangerous scores because if the other team can get an equaliser then you feel momentum is going to go in their favour uh, it's one of those argumentative yeah, things but you know yeah, what I mean absolutely absolutely if it lands 28-3 to the Niners <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be going online I'll be chucking a bunch of money at the Chiefs at that point until there's about three minutes left in the game I'm not counting those chickens um, ultimately for me I think the Chiefs are, are too good on the attack I think that they can pick up on our weak point and if they can utilize that, then they'll definitely beat us. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a couple of, just a couple of quick things that I've seen in the coverage this week. One was Baker Mayfield being interviewed about the Super Bowl. And uh, he said, you know, he was asked, well, you played against these guys this season. He went, no, no, no. He says, I was on the same field, <laughs> which I thought was quite self-deprecating. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like that. So that's an indication of how highly regarded they are. The other one that got me was they were talking about when they drafted him. Now, remember, they drafted up and the Saints were potentially looking at Mahomes as well at that point, but they drafted up to get him. When they got him in and started working with him, I think they realized that he was even better than they thought he was. And it was actually the point where Alex Smith was having his best season statistically ever, and they were still thinking, shit, we've got to get this kid in here. Yeah. You know, and and that was the interesting. They decided fairly early um, that actually didn't really matter what Alex Smith was going to do. He was gone uh, because they had this, you know, Porsche waiting to go in um, and they just couldn't believe what they had. And, that you know, so if the Chiefs do end up winning this Super Bowl and I know one thing we both hate is the owner gets the trophy... Yeah. Um, it's just a horrible way to present things. But you've got to credit the scouting department um, for the way that they actually identified and decided to pick on Mahomes because that was the way to go. So, you know, they get a great deal of credit. In terms of pick, if you go on that defense wins championships, I would go with the 49ers. And I'm going to go with the 49ers for two reasons. One, it means that we've gone for a different team. <laughs> and two, if San Francisco do win, you're getting it tight. And I'll never let you forget that you didn't back your own team to win a Super Bowl. So I really can't lose out of this one. So I'm quite happy. I'm going I'm going with San Francisco. I think they are the underdogs. There's not much in it. Uh, but every dog has its day. 
I'm going to commit to something right now because I think you're right. I have absolutely whooshed out of it the whole season long and I'm sticking with my pick. If the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl, I commit to never pick against them again unless it's ridiculous. Unless we're you know we're we're going in we're absolutely battered we're a one in ten team and we're going to Lambeau Field, um, I I will change my ways I will change my ways and I will embrace picking the Niners in the future. So this if we win it this will be the last time I do it. If we lose then I'm sticking to this routine. <laughs> okay, well well two two things then because I want to, I want you to commit to one of them. But right. two things. One is at least you're not making a ridiculous cheese bet as you did. <laughs> For the championship games. Now, if anybody missed that, Cameron was talking about uh, points scored and the amount of cheese that he would buy. Um, But if the San Francisco 49ers uh, win this and you've picked against them, should we go on another NFL Scotland uh, little roadshow over to the US of A, which we're hoping to do in the next year or two? You've got to stand me for the best dinner in town. Okay. Do you know what? Fair. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, because if we are doing a tour, we're heading to Cleveland. I think the best dinner in town in Cleveland might be McDonald's. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to work on the Cleveland food scene. No, I, uh, there's plenty of places I, we could go. I, do you know what? That's a deal. I'll even commit to buying dinner for any member of the NFL Scotland team that manages to make it out there with us. Because uh, I don't think any of them will come. I think they'll all be like, oh, that sounds brilliant. But when it comes to the crunch, they'll be like, nah. Um, the, <laughs> the caveat there goes to Gordon McGuinness, who I reckon would come with us. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take anyone from the team out for d- dinner. Uh, a top uh, restaurant of whatever venue we end up hitting in 2020. Definitely. Um, what was the other one, though? Well, the one was don't make a daft bet about cheese. So that was number one. Number two was to, to take us out for dinner. For anyone that um, didn't know my bet about cheese, I, f- I feel like this was, uh, I was so confident that the Packers, right, the, I thought the Packers may have been able to beat the Niners because if Aaron Rodgers had found his groove, they could have. Ultimately, they didn't. And the Niners went on and won. My bet to Charles and my comment to Charles was that even if the Packers had won against the Niners, there was no way they were going to win the Super Bowl. And I was so confident that they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. My bet to him was that if they did, for every point that they scored in the Super Bowl to win, I would go to IJ Mellis in Edinburgh, which is an amazing cheesemonger if you've uh, never been, and I would spend £10 for every point on cheese that we would then give away as free food at our next live event for next year, which would be week one of the 2020 season. Um, and I put a little caveat next to that because that might not be our next live event. We'll come to that in the news section. But I'll commit to that. So two things. One, I will not back against the Niners next season if they win. And two, I will take you and any other member of the uh, NFL Scotland podcast team out for a top slap-up meal. Uh, you can pick the venue. Sounds good. You're a nice man. I've always said that about you. <laughs> <laughs> the flip to that is if we lose, then you guys all have to club together and help me drown my sorrows. And that's because uh, that might need to be done repeatedly. Uh, but ultimately, we've both talked about this. This could be a great Super Bowl. I, I hope so. I think this is going to be a cracker. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. So looking forward to it. I know you've got you know your mates and you have your Super Bowl party. I've got exactly the same. Uh, we'll watch it. Uh, we may text etc but I look forward to 
chatting about it next week? Yes, we'll be on that nice and early next week. I think we'll try and catch up as early as we can in the week uh, to discuss it. Obviously, we've left this one late. Uh, there's been so much content. There's been so much going on. Uh, we wanted to take it all in before we sat down and actually did this podcast. So we've done this one just before. Let's do one just after. And hopefully... Uh, we can sit. Hopefully, we can sit and talk about how great the Niners were and that they've won the uh, their sixth Super Bowl. But here's the thing, right? And I'll go out and say this now: I'm not going to begrudge the the Chiefs a Super Bowl in this one. If this was the Patriots and the Patriots won, I would be sick, absolutely sick. But with the Chiefs, they've waited so long to even make a Super Bowl, um, and obviously the last one they were in, they won fine. But you know, they've only ever made those two Super Bowls: won one, lost one. It's not like they've had a great amount of glory, and they've got some great players in that team. There's a couple of ball bags in there as well, uh, but the same can be said of any team. But with Mahomes, he is absolutely class. He is a brilliant player, a massive Andy Reid fan. Um, I think that he's great. Uh, I think that you look at someone like David Williams as well, coming out of the the Miami Dolphins. So he's going back to Miami now with a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think the Honey Badger is a great player, brilliant to watch. Travis Kelsey, a great player as well. If you've ever had him in your fantasy team, you've been doing pretty well. Sammy Watkins, you know, didn't have a great time at the Bills, has managed to go out to Kansas City and made, you know, sort of revive his career. He's a real threat. So there's a lot of really, really good players there. Um, And ultimately, it wasn't, it doesn't feel like that long ago that they had the number one pick um, when they took Eric Fisher. And that, you know, the progress that they've made since then has uh, is been superb. They really have. Um, so I, I I will not begrudge them. I will not begrudge them at all. Um, it's, uh, it's destined to be a good game. And I hope the Niners win. But that's it. So what other news stories have caught your eye in this week? I mean, it's very difficult. There's not really a lot that, that's going on outside of the Super Bowl. No, I think the only thing is the fact that the Chargers are definitely moving on from Philip Rivers is an interesting one. I wonder where he will turn up. Um, interesting to see Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be back in 2020. Chances are, I reckon, that he's still in Miami whether he's the backup or not, or whether he's there until Tua's fit, which, let's be honest, that's probably where Tua's going to end up. But they're the two main stories, I think, at the moment. What interests me is, obviously, we've got some of the awards coming up, and you've got the Walter Payton Man of the Year coming up, which is always interesting. Uh, Dustin Colquitt, the punter of the Kansas City Chiefs, who we'll see uh, in the Super Bowl, is their nominee. So, you know, we wish him well. San Francisco, Richard Sherman is the nominee. What strikes me, what what I love about this is there's so few quarterbacks who normally, you know, get all the hype. And I think there's only uh, Cam Newton, I think, is the only quarterback in it. But I've got to give a shout out, Cameron. And the guy I'd love to see it win it. Nick Sunberg of the Washington Redskins. He's their long snapper. (laughs) And he's nominated for... Uh, the the man of the year, which I think is just absolutely brilliant. You know, he has such a specialist job. You know, but he you know he's got his own charitable. He works for the the Redskins Charitable Foundation and does so much. You know, 
training camps and things. These guys, all all 32 of them, and let's be honest, even more of them across the league, do so much for people. And it is tremendous. And sometimes the NFL don't get enough credit. You know, we do see people getting into trouble, address rec, you know, arrest records and the things, but they do some fantastic things. So I'd just like to wish all 32 of the guys all the very best. Indeed, indeed. And it's, you're right, it's it's actually a really great award, this one, because it isn't just about what you do on the park, and they value so highly what you do off it. I think it sets a really good standard for players to raise the game to, and I, I love it. So, yeah, jump on the back of that one. Um, let's hope that that's into the long snapper. Uh, they deserve an award from time to time. And speaking <laughs> of awards, we're getting to that point of the season as well, where this is where I get a bit confused by it all, because obviously the Pepsi... Rookie of the Year has already been awarded, but I'm not sure that that's the uh, the overall Rookie of the Year award. And the, uh, um, I never know what's official and what's not. What's press writers versus what's everything else. Um, but Nick Bosa got uh, Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think that there's a good chance he'll be the name in all of those positions. Uh, and Offensive Player of the Year could be a quarterback, but could be Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Thomas was fantastic. Uh, there's just so many good good players out there, and we'll keep right across the awards in the, the next couple of programmes. Just before we finish, though, Cameron, can I wish the podcast a happy birthday? Oh, We're yes. two years old. We are two years old. And what a two years it's been. It's been quite incredible. I mean, 86 episodes. This is number 86. Uh, live events in Edinburgh in Glasgow, uh, grown the Twitter following, grown the Facebook following, the podcast is growing. Uh, you and I have taken an NFL Scotland uh, trip to the States to see a game. Uh, we've got a great bunch of guys involved, you know, right across the talent, you know, with Jamie, uh, with Gordon, uh, with Ian and with Charles. So uh, it, it's been tremendous. Yep. And uh, on the back of that, I believe that you're going to be in national press tomorrow. Uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be a mention tomorrow. I've done a, an interview with the Scotland on Sunday, and uh, partly to link in with the Super Bowl. Uh, we had a little chat about my love for American sport and why I do the podcast. I've not seen the article. I don't know what's what it's going to uh, feature. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I certainly, you know, said why I love the game of American football, why I fell in love with it, and uh, how I just love talking about it. So we'll see what that brings. Absolutely. So make sure that you pick up that paper. Now, something else that we need to give you some breaking news about as well is we are working once again with 82 Press, uh, who is ran by Ian Stephen off the NFL Scotland podcast, to try and organise another event. Now, we tried to make this happen uh, last year. Unfortunately, the timelines were just too tight to make it work. There was a couple of reasons behind it, but unfortunately, it we couldn't make it happen. Um, we're coming back around though, and currently we've got a couple of events lined up um, for April time, where we're hoping to, or where plans are in play, to bring over uh, the X Factor. And now that doesn't mean it's a singing competition. It means that Dante Hall will be coming to Scotland, uh, and we've got tickets available for you to sit down and hear from the great man himself. Uh, an absolutely brilliant player, um, obviously most famous for punt returning, uh, set <laughs> so many records in that position, but a great player, but also was a Scottish Claymore, uh, as if there wasn't enough of an interest there anyway. So we're going to bring Dante Hall over with 82 Press. Uh, we're going to be sharing details of that. Right now, there are events planned for Glasgow and Edinburgh. So Glasgow on Monday the 13th of April. 
and then Edinburgh on Tuesday the 14th of April. But there is, there's a couple of ticket prices there that 82 Press are doing because what they've organised is the opportunity to get a VIP ticket where you get to spend some considerable time speaking one-on-one with Dante Hall. Uh, get online and check it out. Uh, we will share the links, but Paul, really, really exciting event. If people aren't sure, if they're new to this and don't know who Dante Hall is, go to the NFL.com website. He is one of the people they are featuring interviewing in in Miami. He's on the main page. We are talking big, 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 big name. Uh, I think it's an amazing thing. So looking forward to it. It's going to be excellent. I would encourage people, you know, if you can, go and buy a ticket. If you've got a birthday coming up, ask somebody to buy a ticket for you. It's going to be a great, great night. One in Edinburgh, one in Glasgow. Yeah, so... Also, there is an opportunity because we're working with 82 Press on this. We have a promo code for you that's going to get you 30% off tickets. So if you put in promo code NFL Scotland, all capitals, NFL Scotland, you put that in the promo code, you're going to get 30% off the ticket price as well, which is brilliant and very, very kind of 82 Press to do that. Um, we're not going to mention that on Twitter. That's only for people that actually listen to this podcast. So if you're listening, this is for you. NFL Scotland, in as a promo code, will get you 30% off. We're going to be helping run this event, so it's going to be in conjunction with us. We'll all be there. We'll be talking to Dante. We'll also be talking about the draft, because this is going to be on the run-up to that. It'll be fascinating to hear who he thinks is going to be the top players coming out of that, because you do tend to find as well some of the wide receivers taken early on tend to start their NFL careers as punt returners as kickoff returners. So it'll be absolutely fascinating to hear what he's got to say. So like I say, we will share this link a lot. We'll try and get as many people along as possible. And as always, it's done on the basis that we're doing this as a bit of a trial. If this is if this is a success and people want this and we can help sell this out, then we'll keep doing stuff like this. As long as there's a demand, we'll do it. So, you know, challenge set to the people of Scotland. If you want this stuff, come and do it. Um, you know, there's a, it's a bit more ticket price than our usual £3 because our £3 is just a token thing that we buy merch with. But this is because there's a number of costs involved in us putting this on. Um, yeah, come along. Come along and have a great night. Meet an absolute NFL legend and let's get Scotland out and have a great NFL-focused evening. Absolutely, it's going to be fun. The other thing we will ask of you, if you're having a Super Bowl party, tweet us what food you're having. It's always good to share Super Bowl food on Super Bowl Sunday. 100%. Uh, last year, there was some absolute belters came in. Oh, it's great. It was Can't, great. It's the best bit. It's the best bit. Um, I've moved house since last year, though, so my kitchen's not as good as it was last year. So this year, we're going simple. Um, it's, it's not really as good. We'll probably get pizza in, to be honest, which is lazy. But it's fine. I, I deserve a year off. I'll still be jet-lagged. I'll give you one year of that, but any more of that, you're out. That, that is, you know, pre-ordered pizza is just not a Super Bowl food, okay? No, it's you, it's, it's got to be some effort there. I have uh, put up a picture of some of my shopping in in Morrison's today. It's attracted a lot of criticism, it has to be said. Rightly for so. Not, rightly for what's so. not in, but I have to stress, I am not the host. I am simply adding to the feast. I am not hosting this one. So the meat comes from somebody else and, and things like that. But a bit of cheese is not a bad idea. Some accoutrements. Uh, the, the thing that I wanted to call out, though, is there's some brunch bars in that chopping trolley. Who's having the brunch bars? Uh, have you ever seen that Australian TV advert, you know, where they're, they're buying the Castlemaine Forex and they yep. get a bottle of sherry? <laughs> I'm, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go down that sexist route in any way, shape or form. <laughs> 
I think we'll leave that there then. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. They're there for me for Monday and Tuesday. I, 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 there we are. But I just thought it was quite funny. But yes, hey ho. Absolutely. <laughs> Get on Twitter and give Paul as much sass as possible. And that's exactly what we encourage here at the NFL Scotland podcast. But that's full time whistle then for episode 86. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Continue to share your thoughts on this episode via Twitter at Scotland NFL and on Facebook by searching for NFL Scotland. As always, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please share it with all your friends. The more listeners, the better as we continue to grow the NFL Scotland offering right here in our own backyard. We hope that you enjoy the Super Bowl, whether it be at home, on your own, whether it be with your mates, whether it be at the Golf Tavern, Committee Room 9 or anywhere in Scotland that's showing it. Have an absolute blast and special mention to those lucky, lucky buggers that are out there themselves at the game. Yeah, we don't like them. No. Simple as that. But please, have a great time. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy all your snacks. Look out. We might even tweet the old competition now that the NFL Scotland podcast is two years old. Enjoy the game. We'll speak to you next week. Until then, bye for now. Bye for now.